Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to 35 Minutes with a Classmate. I'm Gabe Malaka. Thank you for listening. As you may have noticed, you clicked on it. This episode is longer than normal, and it's because sometimes you get rolling and you don't want to stop. And I didn't want to stop, and I didn't think we were done having a conversation yet, so we just kept going. Um, and so I'm keeping it. I don't care. If you, you know, listen to what you can. I heard a friend recently say he listens to the podcast on one and a half times speed. So it already sounds like I'm doing drugs uh, at a club and talking really fast about my new podcast. But this is, it's long, it's a longie, but a goodie is what I would say. Uh, So I'll get right to it. Uh, Today's podcast is brought to you by the Down by the River podcast by my friend and comedian and my fellow barbershop quartet singer um, in a group that we formed called the Sex Boys. Uh, Terrence Hartnett has a podcast called Down by the River, where he is traveling the country right now in a van uh, doing a podcast, just like talking to people. So it's sort of like this podcast on steroids. Um, I wouldn't have a good podcast about being in a van because I don't think I could do it. But his podcast is great. Uh, He has an incredible interview with Sam Talent, who just wrote one of the best books ever about comedy. It's a novel about a rugged road dog stand-up comedian that I devoured. It's a fantastic book called Running the Light by Sam Talent. So he has a great interview with Sam Talent. Uh, He also interviewed a guy who who quit money for 15 years. So please check out the Down by the River podcast with my good friend, Terrence Hartnett. This week's podcast is also brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Rawr. That's what this person wrote. So you know what? It's your ad. You do what you want with it. Uh, today's podcast is with the incredible uh, Kim Foxen. She's a beautiful vocalist and uh, creative person, songwriter, um, and she's just the best. It's such a lovely. She's such a lovely person. Um, we go way back to our singing, my singing days in middle school and high school. And Kim always had a voice where everyone she would start singing and you would make eye contact with somebody and be like, whoa. Like this person is incredible. And so it's so cool that she's still doing it and she's really finding herself. I was so inspired to hear that the ways that she's learning about herself as an artist, as a person, she's really, you know, hitting her stride, not just in commercial success like that too, of course, but you can tell that like Kim, um, Kim is a thoughtful internal person who, um, has a lot to say and it comes out in her beautiful, beautiful music. And I thought it was an incredible conversation. And so I'm keeping it and it's because I know you'll enjoy it because it was a lovely, lovely chat. And of course, before I forget, if you want to hear Kim Fox and sing in real life here or here is where you can see her every Tuesday at the groove in New York city from six to seven 30 every Thursday at hole in the wall on 24th street in New York city, which means Manhattan. Uh, that's from six 30 to eight 30 PM. So that's Tuesdays at the groove Thursdays at the hole in the wall, every Friday at hole in the wall in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, five to seven every Sunday at baby Brassa in Manhattan from 12 to three. That sounds like a brunch situation. And oh, another Sunday gig, look at her go, is at she, Kim is at the Greats of Craft, uh, the Greats of Craft, that's funny, um, from five to seven every Sunday. So we got a 12 to three on Sunday or a five to seven. Um, I will post those in the show notes also, but come see Kim Fox and sing, you will not regret it. So everybody enjoy the wickedly talented Kim Fox and everybody, here she is. 
right. Oh, wait. Headphones, you told me, right? If you have them. Yes, I do. They're very janky, but... Janky's fine. <laughs> yeah, see how they work. It's nice to see you. You too. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course. Kim, come on. <laughs> Who else am I going to talk to? I mean, a lot of <laughs> a lot of very cool, important Yeah, they're people. on the list too, but so are you. I just... I've been, You're I've list been, worthy. Oh, thank you. I, I've been listening... Um, and seeing the people who you have been having on and I'm like, wow, we went to high school with like very cool people. I just, yeah. Sometimes in a way that like, that. yeah. And like, I haven't even gotten to like so many like curveballs. Like I have this whole list with like wow. post-it notes and like, um, just because I don't know, I'm just trying to lean in a little bit. Cause we did go to high school with like, like I tried to explain high school to some, my college, my freshman year roommate. And he was like, what do you mean somebody from high school used to dress up like Batman? And I was like, yeah, he would just dress up <laughs> like Batman. And he was like, I don't understand. I was like, no, I guess you had to be there. I was just about to say, and also is is that person uh, going to be, is he on your list? Uh, yeah, sure. Nice. Yeah, everybody's on my list. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely on my list. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's some real curve. Well, I'll go over the list later with you, Kim. Okay, You're gonna cool. enjoy it. Um, but I'm glad you've you've been listening. That's fun. I um, <laughs> it sort of just became a thing I didn't intend. <laughs> I think the that those are the best things that that yeah, that well, like Bob Ross, Happy Miracle, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yes. <laughs> um, that's fun. Where are you now? So I'm in Garden City. Um, Oh, where it all began. <laughs> um, <laughs> in my and in my childhood bedroom. So this is like also where it all began. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I've been living at home for the since since March 2020. Yeah, you're Over with me, Kim. Yeah. We're in the same boat. I can't believe. See, I didn't even know that. We would have had at some point had a cup of coffee or something. Wait, this is such are a you shame. Also in Garden City. Yeah, I'm in my dad's office. I'm on Franklin Avenue right now. Oh my gosh, you are <laughs> right around the river bend. Yeah, as yeah. Pocahontas would say. Yeah, she would. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Also, didn't See, know your dad has an office in town. You know, he didn't. You know, he he became a lawyer when I graduated high school. He graduated law school. I remember that. I remember that. That was so cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's like a maniac, and so like. A, two months before the pandemic started, he like got this deal on this office and he was like, yeah, I'll get some furniture. Like he got a TV. He was like very happy with his office setup. And then like two months later, the pandemic happened and ended up being like really great because like we needed him out of the house, <laughs> you know, to like do his Drew Malika stuff elsewhere. And then like when he came home, we were like, hey, dad's home. Right. But it wasn't like we're all the four of us on top of each other. Uh, and then like I would come here for like I did Zoom comedy. I've done some Zoom comedy. So I'd be like, I have a place to go that's quiet. Um, but yeah, we're right here. So wow, nice. how has your year at home been? Because like I've had my ups and downs. Oh um, yeah. It's been very up and down. I mean, yeah. you know, I it's so great. Like I I I really do 
and I, I'm so like privileged that I'm able to be here during this time and like save money on rent. Like it's just, and I have my like little home studio nook that I've set up and my dad is letting me use his like old stereo system and like speakers. And I, it, so I have this whole setup and I've like the space and it's just so nice, but yeah, it's like that whole relearning your family members, like personalities. And sometimes it's like oil and water, like try, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's been like just kind of up and down on the elevator with things, but, um, but for the most part, it's been okay. It's been really nice. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like going back and forth uh, from home to city quite a bit. Cause like I, I have all these gigs, which is also yeah. amazing. And I'm so thankful for that. So um, that's great. Are you, yeah. do you guys have like family dinner? Is that like a, a thing in the Fox and house? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So Sunday nights are always like, our main family dinner. We just like always try to be together on Sundays and my mom cooks a lot during the week, but on Sundays she really like goes for it. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, so Sunday nights are like our big nights. What is your heritage, Kim? I don't know if I know. Um, like, Italian. So you guys are Italian. Uh -huh. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. On my mom's side. Uh -huh. uh, so my, yeah, my mom's my so my maternal grandmother's family is from Italy. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm just like a little bit Italian, but it's it's definitely there. It's there. Yeah. So. And so does your mom? Does she make sauce on Sunday? Is that or do you call it gravy? I don't. I don't want to cross we, the lines. So she, sometimes she does like Italian dinners, um, and she does like make her own sauce. Yeah, but um, but other times like. We're a big like chicken family. We just like, eat a lot of, you know. Yeah, we had like, barbecue chicken last night. Heaven very, on earth. Yeah. So Can't beat it. So we're very, you know, also like just typical, your typical like Irish Catholic just vibe too. We have a lot of that sort of cuisine, if, if you can like classify that as cuisine, <laughs> but like <laughs> chicken and potatoes, you know. Yeah, of course. salt and of pepper. Course. Like that's the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. That's actually, it's so funny you bring that up because we're the same way. Like we have like the Italian staples that my mom will make, but then also like on St. Patrick's Day, we'll do corned beef and cabbage. And it's like, ooh, yes. we're doing something new, you know? That exactly happened. Yes, that, that happened. Yeah. And when you do a podcast with people from Garden City, you're basically just going to talk to white people. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, okay, at some point I'm going to have to like break the conceit just to talk to anyone else. Yeah. Um, but... Um, it's funny that, that you, that you say that. And have you, have you gotten an A, do you cook anything when you're at home? Cause I basically just make eggs for myself. Um, I do that, but I, I have been trying it's now that I'm like, I have more gigs. It's I, I don't, I don't do it as much, but at the beginning of pand of quarantine pandemic life, um, I try to cook like at least a dinner, at least once a week for everyone in the family. And nice. um, my older brother, uh, got me a Gilmore girls, uh, cookbook for Christmas Whoa. a few years ago. <laughs> and I really wore that out. Like I just cooked all the recipes, um, like one a week, uh, for my family, and I don't know if you're familiar with Gilmore Girls. I mean, I know there's a diner. Yep. So there are 
different sections of uh, people, characters, recipes in the book. So there's um, that the diner guy, the guy who owns the diner, his name is Luke. So you've got That's Luke's right. diner recipes. Then there's this woman, Suki, Suki who um, like is a chef. So she's got a little bit more like involved recipes. Um, one thing I did try to make that I failed miserably at because I learned you have to be like very skilled to make this is fried chicken. (laughs) And I just like thought I would be great at it. Like first time making it, not the case (laughs) at all. It was very difficult, very involved. I had a lot of like stations. I had to get my batter and like go bring the chicken back and forth. It was just, so there's a timing issue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to get the, the the pan where I was doing all the frying like at a certain temperature it has to be like hot enough but if mm-hmm. you leave it on for too long like it's just gonna grease fire and yes. like a whole bunch of shit a yeah whole thing so and it's a thing that like we take for granted as like Americans that like everything's breaded yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly you're like I have to do this myself it's impossible exactly <laughs> that's so funny Tim. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think being ambitious sometimes with our, with our like side hobbies is good too. Um, Agreed. Where you learn like, oh, like this is why it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is why like I couldn't just be a chef tomorrow. Right, exactly. Have to put some work or in. Or a mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah or a parent, not that yeah. moms are expected to like do all the cooking, which like definitely not. I mean, it is in my house, but I will say, yes, of course. Yes. Not. Yeah, I'm going to hopefully be that person who's like, no, sweetheart, I'll of course cook for the children in 15 (laughs) to 30 years when I have kids. Um, (laughs) um, All right, Kim. So let's talk about let's talk about how we know each other and and creativity and stuff like that. So so we grew up singing together Uh um, and we did like a whole bunch of singing. And I guess like for me, it was the fifth grade musical. I had never really sung in any way before that. I was a Stratford kid, mm. but you were, you were a Stewart kid, right? You yes. went to the other elementary school. Okay. Yes. Um, and so like, when, when did you get the, the singing buzz? The bug, um, the buzz, the bug. Um, yeah, it, it is bug. I did say buzz. I think it's, I think I was looking at my seltzer as I was saying that. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> seltzer. Um, when did you get the bug? I was searching for a fun drink before we started, but I couldn't find any beer. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. run to Seven Eleven after this. Yeah. Or just yeah. like go to the bars. Meet me at I'll the I'll meet bar. you at Seven Eleven. It's right here. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. I've been doing so much drinking this year. Um, <laughs> Right. So when I was a child, um, singing bug, well, I feel like it started for me um, because I started singing at the St. in St. Joe's at St. Joe's uh, choir. So I was in the girls choir. And um, at the time I like auditioned, it was a pretty intense choir. Like the the our choir director was this woman um she like got her masters at Juilliard like she was really uh just really serious and like even though it was you know a choir of mainly like 12 to 14 year old 12 like 8 to senior in high school age people um Mm -hmm. 
she was so intense. She was like, we will rehearse twice a week. And yeah, like, cause she was a vocal performance person. Yes. Uh huh. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean like there's nothing wrong with music education, but like when you go to Juilliard, that's like, yeah. you're studying to be a, yeah, there's no music ed singer. program there. I, at yeah, least I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're there for like the performance of it. Okay. Yeah. So she's intense. So she was pretty intense. And, um, and I just remember like my, when I auditioned with her, my mom was like in the room with me and she did all of these like ear training. Act- it was like the first time someone was like, okay, I'm going to play a theme on the piano and you're going to sing it back to me. And it was the mm-hmm. first time I was like tested like with music. And so mm-hmm. I was just, uh, I was just, like scared, but I did really well. I just like had like a natural like knack for it. And yeah. um and then that's kind of where I fell in love with just like harmony. I guess my first moment of falling in love with music was singing in harmony with people and like yeah, uh, just learning about that and being like just in like singing in that way, just sort of like being in the harmony and like staying in tune and and yeah just feeling like my first chills of like wow music is so magical and I can't really put words to describe this feeling of how I feel it was just a like I remember feeling that during my time um first year at the in the choir so and were you were you singing the alto parts I yeah so I I was assigned an alto when I first um joined mm-hmm. because I was I was really good at singing in harmony I just like I I loved doing that and yeah. um and so yeah because the sopranos always had the melody and yeah yeah um, so for 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 my non and my non-cool listeners it's sopranos usually sing melody altos are like filling in then like tenors for the usually men mm-hmm. um sing like high kind of sometimes harmony sometimes melody and then like the bass baritone sort of like hold down like the um the root notes is yes. like a general way. To, and so when you were saying that, like, oh, harmony, that's how, like, it's such a giveaway, Kim, that you're an alto because <laughs> falling in love with harmony as a child means like that kid was an alto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then kind of after that, it'd be, you know, middle school happened and we all did all, you know, the plays and Nisma and, and, um, but I also got the bug. So that was like my first bug. And then my second bug, because this deserves to be talked about, I think, is yeah. was um, when I did electronic music um, in Hell sixth yeah. grade with yeah. Mr. Russo um, and Tara Stevens. Oh. She, yes, we became best friends during that class. And um, yeah, just like, so I kind of like came from singing these like church hymns um, and doing very like straight tone sort of vibe, like didn't really have my vocal identity yet. And mm. then I, in middle school, went to um, went to electronic music and we learned, uh, you know, we, we had to sing like rock songs. Like the first song I learned uh, in that class was I Love Rock and Roll. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That, um assembly or that it was a concert at night maybe possibly we did perform at the andy fun talent show maybe that was that year yeah Yeah, it was like in um at cluett hall in cluett hall at at saint paul's Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um 
and yeah, that was like the first time I like did solo singing. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of like yeah, where it you're, began. Yeah, Mr. Russo. I I remember really liking that guy. I I was a band kid, and then in eighth grade, I defected to chorus. Um, okay. And Mr. Russo was like my homeroom teacher or something in like seventh grade. And he was always just like off the wall, like half his head would be shaved or half his face would be shaved like yep. this. And he'd come to school. And I think everyone sort of felt like, what is that guy up to? Like, I want to hang out with that guy. Um, even though I didn't know him in a musical context, I just knew him as like a guy who took attendance in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I mean, and School of Rock had just come out. And so, like, that class felt like the closest thing to, like, this is that in real life, like, in real time. It was, it was, that's, I felt that so deeply, Gabe, Mm. that I literally thought that, like, they made the movie after Mr. Russo's life. I was like, oh, he must be associated with this movie in some way, because this is literally, like, this character is my my music teacher yeah yeah he definitely had those vibes yeah um did you know did i ever tell i must have told you this in high school that i went to musical theater camp with the kid who played fancy pants did you know that in the movie wait i did know that yes yeah brian feldudo he's like a singer performer now okay Um, he had the line um he was like the the famous line yeah yeah. the famous line god what's the line it's um i have it do you want me to tell you hold on uh, I'll give you some. I'll give you a con- some context. Okay, okay. Um, he comes to Jack Black's character, and uh, Jack Black is telling him that the des- the the designs for the clothes that he's made for the band are like inadequate. You're tacky, and I hate you. Yes, oh. nailed it. Yes, that's exactly the line. Yeah, he feel, says you're tacky, and I hate you. That made and, me feel good. Yes. <laughs> and I have always, I in my opinion, I've always had a, an eye for celebrities. And then my mom will like make fun of me, and she would be like. Yeah, Gabe, remember the time you thought you saw like, I don't know, like Michael Jordan or something and it was not Michael Jordan. So like <laughs> as a kid, like I always thought I was seeing celebrities. And then this kid across the hall from me, it was a sleepaway camp at Westminster Choir College. And I know right away, I'm like, that kid is fancy pants. And so like right away, my mom's like, hey, like we know you from the movie to his mom. And like they have like a conversation or whatever. And throughout the week, like kids, like I'm not going to tell people. Because I'm like, I don't want to put this kid like on blast. But like throughout the week, like people are like, is that the kid from the movie? And I'm like, it's definitely the kid from the movie. And then at the end of the week, like we had a chance to do like, like skits for each other or something or like something like that. And he like revealed it um, to, he like revealed it to the whole camp and like the camp went crazy. And it was like this like huge moment of like fancy pants, like wow. he's here. Um, but anyway, that's my uh, Brian Feldudo story, but it's um, amazing. But yeah, I mean, like that movie. I mean, God, do you remember where you saw that movie for the first time? I like can picture my seat and who I was with. I feel, oh gosh, I'm I'm mad at myself that I don't really recall. I am, you also I'm, lived it. Yeah, I know, right? Because I was like, <laughs> is this my am I? Yeah, is this real life or am I in a movie theater? <laughs> um, but I definitely saw it in theaters. I was probably with. Mel and Tara. I had to be. And Jenny. Yeah. 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 And who? And Jenny. And Jenny. Yeah, yeah. of course. Oh, the, oh, the whole, the whole, the whole crew. Yeah. Um, Maybe yeah, Eric Leonardo yeah. and like. 
<laughs> other podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah all the, I'm really name dropping here. I'm sorry. No, please. This is this is that's what this is what the people want. As much as I as much as I'm reluctant, this well. this podcast is being featured in the Garden City News. Um, but uh, yeah. So okay. So you're doing you're doing like some rock music. You're doing a little choir. And eventually, so in in my mind, in my narrative of you, and you can correct this if I'm wrong, but like you're gathering influences, right? You're like, here's a piece of me, which is like this like choir alto um, person. And then like, oh, like there's this new social component um, that's outside of the church, um, a little bit more um, individual, um, but you still need harmony to sing rock and roll, right. potentially. Um Okay. And so that's, so now we have like late elementary school, middle school, where does, where does high school music come in for you? Well, I guess for, for me, I feel like I started really taking things seriously when I got into vocal jazz Mm. with you and James Ross. That's right. Yeah. Was that, what year was that? I think we were freshmen. That was freshman year. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, and I just, I, I kind of remember like auditioning for that on a whim because all of my friends were, mm. and I just, I didn't really like care that much about it. Like I, I was just, cause I just didn't think I was going to get in. And I remember sure. being a big deal, like the freshmen mm-hmm. who were mm-hmm. picked, like there's like, it's a big deal. And so I, 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 yeah, I feel like that's like what, what, um, what switched for me like that when I, when I got into vocal jazz and then started learning from, you know, our, our guy, Robert Ludwig. I feel yeah. like oh, what a man. that, that kind of catapulted things. And then started when I started taking voice privately with, with hope and mm-hmm. doing all the Nisma and like all County stuff. And, and yeah, I just feel like I, I just felt like every year I just kept getting more serious with it, more, mm. you know, more music classes just took up my the, the space in my day. And yeah, because I feel like it's this confluence for, for, for me, at least I'll speak for myself, yes. which is that like it's this confluence of like I'm enjoying this. And also like people like when I do it, like people are like responding, people are like, hey, you should have a solo or like you should audition for this. Like you'll be good at this. Um, and so like enjoying it internally people enjoy you doing it and then the social aspect on top of it I was sort of just like those things started to swirl yes I felt like I yeah I felt like now looking back of course in the moment like you know there were stresses involved with like auditioning for things and just like the drama of it all but looking back I I do feel so lucky that like we um, were surrounded by the people that we had, you know, in our years there, just like our mm. class and the class, the classes above us and below us. Like we just had, everyone was just so talented and like so incredible. And, yeah. you know, that's where I had really like established my best friendships too, just like because we were all doing music together and we were all like, loving doing it together and all supportive of each other and like Mm, it just mm. was really great experience and I I felt really lucky because a lot of kids that we went to high school with like they didn't 
like if they didn't do music I you know like they were doing other stuff but like I felt like we like hit the jackpot with like how mm. we spent our time in high school you know obviously everyone feels differently about sure no no, no. I, time, I feel the but... exact same way it's, it was an immense privilege and yeah. like the not only were the kids nice like for the most part like all the teachers were great. You know, I talked to Seneca. Um, right. And so like, it's cool to like, to talk to folks, but like, yeah, I mean, Mr. Ludwig, like, and like such an, such a funny, um, uh, uh, experience because like he wasn't 25, you know, like leading the choir, but like we connected with this guy who was like in his fifties who like, um, from the South, you know, like it, it was so, uh, it's so interesting that the way you're able to connect with people because like the goal is the music mm -hmm. and like he was able to like pull things out of us and sort of um, pair people well in sections like he was really like a like a maestro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I guess one of my questions is like, is the vocal jazz moment like the moment you knew that you were good or like what is there a moment somewhere where you're like, hey, I'm 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 good at this. I really want to make this a big part of my life. Maybe. Yeah, like maybe the vocal jazz moment was, ah, this is, these are good questions. I like definitely <laughs> think of them. But I guess in that moment, I felt like, oh, I'm being like recognized. There's mm. like, it's, it's not all in my head. Like I like to sing to myself and record myself like on my old school, like cassette player and then harmonize. Did you used to with do that? Yes, I did. <laughs> you were making TikToks before... Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what people do on TikToks? I just saw a video where a guy was I like... 55 years old. No, like, no, no. It's so funny. It's, is... I, I just saw a TikTok because a guy was like, harmonies don't make sense on their own. And like, I'm like a choir kid. So they like, TikTok knows that. So they just like put things for me. Gotcha. So like, he sings the bass line and you're like, oh, that sounds kind of weird. And he sings like the tenor line. And you're like, eh, like kind of sounds a little bit better. And then alto. And then he sings the melody on top of it. And, you're, and like... It, it worked on me and like I was a music major like know how it works and I was like oh for people that like don't know how this works their mind's gonna be like completely uh, dead. oh I see okay um, yeah but if you were harmonizing with yourself on a tape recorder like yeah, yeah. that's what a musician does that's like what I was <laughs> obsessed with doing just like recording myself singing a melody and then like singing the third above just like with myself and being like that's wow. incredible <laughs> that's incredible so cool. um but yeah so you know I, th I feel like that vocal jazz moment was a moment that I felt like, oh, someone else, someone thinks I'm like good. This is, that's so cool. And then, yeah. of yeah. course, um, then being thrown into like what vocal jazz is, I was like, oh, I've never really sung in harmony before. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a yeah. totally different, you know, different league. So yeah. I also feel yeah. like that 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 group really like trained my ear in like ways that I would have never been able to to do otherwise you know just like if I wasn't in that group I just feel like oh absolutely definitely. it was so demanding yeah because uh, there's like four of you on a section mm -hmm. so if somebody's sick suddenly it's three and you know it's like it's uh I remember the tenor section because we were young it was James and I I can't remember who the other tenor because like you know we did it for four years so it changed but i remember the tenor section was young 
and we had to sing the national anthem and the oh. national anthem tenor part was like really hard do you remember this yes because now like, we would struggle a lot i'm pretty sure now they have because i've been like to you know a few turkey trots over the years and <laughs> um and there are these girls who i assume are like from garden city high school and they yeah. do the same version but it's like the women singing the tenor part I'm the like, high tenor part i'm like oh gabe did that Damn. <laughs> Damn, he had to sing real high. <laughs> so it wasn't, so it was high and it was really like, I had never sung in harmony in that way, especially so such an exposed way. Very vulnerable position you were in. Mm-hmm. And we used to have these like MP3 files. Do you remember these? Yes. Where he would send you like, what were they called? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, dang. They were On called something. the old something. janky GCHS website. Oh. Like, Listen to the... Da, da, da. The, the worn wave files. Yeah. Okay. I forget, but. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, we would have yeah. these like, and it was like a little like, um, it was like listening to music on like your Nintendo 64. It was like beep, 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 beep. But it was like <laughs> yeah, the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the tenor part was really hard. And Mr. Ludwig, who to his credit, like I can count on one hand the times like I remember he was like, oh, he's like not happy with us. One of them was like this tenor part that we were just like not hearing. And I remember this is how I learned it. I would just. I think it was on my iPod, iPod mini, maybe like a blue one. Ooh. And I would just listen over and over again to this thing. And I would sing it to myself. And then, you know, when like you get a creative idea in the shower and it's because like your brain is doing something or your body's doing something else. So your brain is free to like have a moment of inspiration. Yes. Um, I had one of those where this is so, <laughs> so silly. I was listening over and over again to this thing and singing it back to myself while I was playing Tony Hawk pro skater. And so I was trying to like balance my grind, like on like this, like skate park. I remember being like home of the brave, like while I'm like doing this. So I was distracted. So I couldn't think about it until it's like burning my, burning my brain. And like, now I could probably still sing the tenor part. Cause it would go the national anthem right into, um, that GC song. Um, Oh, for the goal of life's ambitions. ambitions. Yeah. 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 <gasps> I can't believe I knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, we're wow. in deep Garden City now. And wow. so, um, sorry, I just like really co-opted that. I do want to hear about your life. No, um, no, no, no. Tony this Hawk really very entertaining. Uh, inspired me. Okay. So, yeah. So, and so you're singing an alto, you're singing alto part in vocal jazz. And like, do you remember who you sang with? It's okay um, if you don't. I, I didn't. Ooh, just James. Ooh, Ashley Rapetti. I yeah, remember because she was like my buddy because she was older an upperclassman. One of the coolest people and that ever, she was in my so, mind, still junior year high school, Ashley Rapetti is like such a pedestal. I know. <laughs> and she was so helpful to me. Like oh, she, so sweet. she was so sweet and she could tell I was like very nervous, but she would help me with like notes. If I was off, she'd be like, Oh, like, uh, here you're off, but like, let's work on this together. Like she was uh, really, really sweet to me. And so, so nice. Yeah, so it was her and like, oh. She was a student director, I think. Yes. I think she did auditions, yeah. I'm so upset. I can't remember the other women in my section. I'm, That's a, well, I mean, we we did sing in that group like a million times. That, so like that it, it changed. True. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, it was cool to be in there. Right? Yeah, Mag- I'm sorry. I just had a moment. Okay. I was going to say Maggie Titler, but then mm-hmm. I think I'm wrong. I think she was a tenor that year with you guys in vocal jazz. Am I wrong? That's very possible. That's very possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Maggie would sing tenor and alto sometimes too. Right. Yeah, the, <laughs> it's coming back to me. Carolyn Capone. 
Yeah, Carolyn. Just had a moment of her. Yes. Who doesn't love Carolyn Catrone? Yeah, so sweet. Uh, that's all yeah, I nice got. nice kids, right? How lucky were we? Yeah, it was cool. And that was our Ryan Torino year, too. We got, because he was a senior, we got... Mm-hmm. Remember he was, I remember him being an all-state choir, and I was like, maybe one day... I remember that, too. We can be an all-state choir, and then we made it. <laughs> I will never, my Ryan Torino... Uh, favorite moment is like during our I'm sure you remember this when we sang that version of um Africa you know yeah and he so like excited. went off to do the solo during a show <laughs> and we got so mad at him or something because <laughs> he like he like went off script he like went off script and was like ha ha <laughs> like, like like smoke coming out of his ears I, I swear I could see it it was yeah he and Liam were together yes oh my gosh oh what a Jen Yu of course what a group yeah Bobby Townsend sang with me now I'm remembering wow James Ross. yep and yeah. Kevin um Kevin Clark. Kevin Clark. Yes. For like the first time, has I think he started that year because he was a great musician. Right. Guitar, guitar player. Extraordinaire still is. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. 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 Um, and was like, I want to sing. That was a, a cool thing about, I remember Mr. Ludwig where um, he would bring, like, he was so like interesting and thoughtful and smart and approach music in such a way that like he would attract kids who were in the or- orchestra or in the band or played guitar be like hey i want to join the choir because like they're making really good music over there and it's accessible enough to me where i feel like it's i'm comfortable enough to fail even though i'm not like the best singer um, yeah like armand range baron who's like a composer went to juilliard for composing was like a bass in the choir that year oh and like my I, don't, I don't think did orchestra but like I sang in chamber choir with him and I remember being like, oh, cool. Like this is where they're all coming to see Mr. Ludwig. Yes. Oh, I remember his journey. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Same thing with like Andrew Lacoche, like incredible guitarist. Mm-hmm. And he started singing at some point in high school because I think, yeah, like he wanted to be surrounded by the magic of like Mr. Ludwig's process and like coaching and, mm-hmm. um, all really helpful skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I'm like, I'm like real hippy dippy about it, but I'm like, no matter what you do in life, like choir, I think is really important. Like you breathe together. It's like, and you're making art together. It's, it's like really a, a beautiful thing. It's like a retreat that like. Yeah. At 1030 in the, the morning. Downward dog. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, cool, Kim. Yeah. It's, it's nice to walk down memory lane with you. I haven't, yeah. that's actually not really been a big part of this podcast so far of like diving into the nitty gritties of, um, a high school class, but it's cool to do that with you. Yeah, I figured if we're already if we're already here, no, why no, not, please. Why not dive? You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. Um, I love that class. It was it was nice to have like a a place to. I don't think I took any electives that weren't in that room. <laughs> like it was just like, how can I be in room one hundred? Yep. <laughs> Um, which they subsequently like pave paradise and put up a parking lot. Yo, it's, uh, I was about it's to no say, which is there. not there anymore. Which is... I know. I, I don't think I've been inside like near it since. Yeah, I've just kind of seen that like circular, weird building, and I'm just like, you know, I'm not yeah. even gonna because yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't. I, I can't. It would be too much for me. <laughs> um, okay, Kim, and so so we're in high school, and and as we do high school, like. We're all we're, we were in plays together and musical. We were in musicals together and choirs together and vocal jazz and stuff like that. When did you and I advise 
students on a plane to college now during the day. And so like, I see this all the time. Like, when did you decide it was time to, that you were going to apply to conservatories and that vocal music was going to be a part of your life in that well, way? I feel like it was really led, led, like led very headstrong by my private, um, voice teacher at the time, Hope Hudson. I feel like mm-hmm. she, she was just like my, like, corner coach like if I was in a wrestling ring uh in a boxing ring she would be my you know person that puts like the washcloth on you and just like get up Fox and (laughs) do another audition (laughs) do 14 which is like I think I applied to somewhere around that many schools uh so they were at this point this was opera yeah yeah it was opera and they were like you know they were just like, I, th- I think, I think your voice can really grow doing this, you know, learning more, delving yeah. into this technique in the mm. opera world. And like, you know, so, so I kind of took their advice and I just kind of went, went for that. And I, I always wanted, I didn't know like, like what I wanted to st- like I knew I wanted to study singing but I I really I wasn't sure if I wanted to do opera but mm. I felt like I didn't like know how to f- at the time I didn't know if there was anything else going on for like undergrads you know I, I kind of just assumed it was just classical yeah, but then yeah. come to find out because I you know ended up transferring yeah from yeah. doing classical but yeah there were you know there's definitely other styles and other ways you can be a voice major and not go down that avenue of like opera. Yeah. Um, Very, very narrow. When I think back on that time, I am so, the thing that I think I find is like the biggest privilege is that like, I got to like senior year of high school, like I was so in it. And when I got to college, I was so excited to like, just like, what else can I learn about music? Like Mm. there's so like sonata form, like how does a symphony work? Or like, um, like music history, like I've never had like a real music history class or like a real, um, what's the next level of music theory look like? And it gets all like crazy and it's like math almost. And that scratched the kind of itch I had. And so like the privilege for me of like being a music major in college was just like, I got to like find out all this stuff that I wanted to know about. Mm. Um, And I went to a liberal arts college. And so- um, I remember Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And my pre-screening tape, like Hamilton was a liberal arts college because because Mr. Ludwig went to a liberal arts college. And that was sort of like my inspiration for it, which is like, oh, I want to learn like about all these different things. Like mm-hmm. I had all these like delusions of grandeur about like I was going to study government and then I was going to do English and I found comp lit. So like I like I knew I knew I needed to carve some space for myself because I knew I was going to meander. I just like didn't know how. Mm. And Mr. Ludwig was a liberal arts college guy. He went to Davidson. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. like I'm going to take that from him. It's so funny. We all took took different things from him. Mm-hmm. We're, we're like you, like he, he also went to the Yale School of Music. So he knew how to prepare you for this type of thing. But he also right. went to a liberal arts college. So he knew like, okay, Gabe, like you're this kind of kid. And like, we're going to find stuff for you to do. Right. Um, and so for me, when you're talking about like the privilege of being home, which is like a thing that I know intellectually now, like everyone's driving me crazy, but like I know intellectually is such a thing that I, I value and find as a privilege in the same way. I'm like, oh, what a priv- the privilege of the privilege of getting to experience something and, and find out like what you want to take out of it, mm-hmm. I think is a really it's at college at its best allows for that. Yes. Agreed. Um, so mm-hmm. you get to college and you're a. Uh, 
what do they label you as? Uh, are you a mezzo? Are you singing alto? Like, I, I so I was like a soprano. Yeah. So like I went to so I so I went to Manhattan School of Music and yeah. um and yeah, right off. And the for the bat, uninitiated, that's like a you were at a music conservatory. Everyone yeah. you know is like a flute kid or a violin kid or a bass or a tenor. Like they all have a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It was very much like the music wing of the Garden City High School, like 2.0. It was just like yeah. that. Yeah. Like nice whiplash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, precisely. Um, um, yeah. So like right off the bat, I, you know, I just, I like went, I, I head first, just like went into like singing land and like I was dubbed a soprano, didn't move from that spot. I was very much like, um, I guess like, it's, they have all, I, I later learned going to opera school, there's all these different like voice classifications within like a soprano. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, like a, a lyric soprano, yep, coloratura, yep. like dramatic, and yeah, I took lessons with a Heldon tenor, oh. which is basically just like a tenor who like screams, okay, cool, <laughs> like really loud and high, nice uh, German opera. Um, okay, so you're getting all these descriptions. We love it. Yeah, yeah, and I so I feel like I a lot of the repertoire I sang were for like like lyric sopranos, so pretty mm-hmm. pretty like standard run of the mill like solid solid ground soprano i couldn't do any of the fancy like trills and like really high singing mm-hmm. um but i had a high enough voice so that most of my repertoire were was um what kind of composers are we talking about i guess like mozart a lot of mm-hmm. mozart like yeah i did a lot of mozart i wanted too. to sing like puccini but i feel like that kind of a soprano you have to be like really matured into your voice and so i remember like mm. bringing because all my favorite you know operas are puccini operas and uh-huh. i wanted to sing like the mimi arias but my voice yeah. teacher was like not yet like you're gonna ruin your voice <laughs> if we practice that stuff oh yeah that vague threat and don't smoke anything <laughs> yeah yeah yep. um so yeah so that's kind of um yeah I mean, I'm just thinking my like my peak as a singer was with um, they would have me do the I would sing Handel. I would sing the the tenor solo during like the we do like the Christmas portion of the holiday chorus. Mm -hmm. So every winter for four, three or four years in college, I would sing like the tenor part with like a couple soloists somewhere. And it was always like I would have to stay late at the end of my first semester of college, it would be like December 23rd. We would do Handel's Messiah. I would sing the solo. My family would come. They'd have like wow. little sandwiches. We'd eat a bunch of little sandwiches and drive all the way home. Oh my gosh. Um, so I was like in that. And I guess if we're going, there's like Baroque, classical, and then we get like to like the romantic period. So you're like mm-hmm. not so deep into the romantic period, but like a little bit before that. If we right. were to like label it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense in my mind. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think so. I'm more asking because I was only an okay music student. <laughs> I think like, honestly, now I'm like. you pivoted too. And we're going to get to that. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I wanted to, to revisit. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, it's all right. I wish I, yeah, a lot of, I mean, a lot of, I feel like a lot of what I learned like stuck with me as far as like technique goes at mm. MSM at Manhattan school. But um but yeah there was a lot of it that also just like over my head and i sure um, sure and at this point are they like putting on 
were you like in an opera there? Or, I know you're getting lessons, obviously. Well, actually I was. So technically, you know, when you're an underclassman at Manhattan School of Music, you're not, um, you, I don't think you were allowed to like audition for like the main stage operas. Like they reserve those for the master students. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an underclassman, you, you can do like opera scenes. So there mm. were like, okay, like we're going to, there were like castings for this opera scene that they would do. So, you know, it wouldn't be like full blown productions, mm-hmm. um, but definitely like some, some tastings of them mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. throughout the, throughout my years there. And um, it was two years there, two years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, so, so you're on this like opera track. Yeah. And like your classmates are going on to, I imagine, do crazy opera things, it's, right? And they still the are. It's, it's wild. It's like, I knew you when. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of my classmates are, um, or my former classmates are like, do it, you know, doing these big young artist programs. Like some are, have been like at the Met. It's just like insanity mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they just stuck with it and they like, they knew that this was their, like their passion and they, yeah. It, it, and they loved opera. Exactly. Yeah. That's the main part of it. Yeah. They just like freaking loved the, can I curse on here? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, they curse, loved yeah. the shit out of what they were doing. And that yeah. is what you have to. Right. And that's what I realized was missing from my experience. Mm. I just didn't love the shit out of opera. And I yeah. was like, this is such a specific career choice and such a specific like like you know thing that I'm doing that like I can't be half in I have to be all in like or Mm. else I gotta I gotta figure out something else and so yeah so that's kind of why I left I just I wasn't all in and I was like I was like there's too many people in this field who like are all in and then some and like you know are constantly being rejected. And so I'm like, what chance yeah. do I have if I'm not even like fully in, yeah. you know what I mean? And I guess and, that, and, no, please. sorry, I, I was just gonna say, I guess that has to, you know, that's not just with opera. It's like any, any artistic track, any creative track, any yeah. track that you do, like you gotta be 1000%, yeah. you know, to you gotta, even have as a Kim shot. Foxen says, love the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah man, <laughs> yes. Um, and and yet, when you transferred, you didn't transfer to come become a sociologist or a sociology major at NYU. That's true. Which again, there's nothing wrong with. There's, I mean, I probably would have loved that too. What? Where did? What did you do? I know you, you switched to jazz. Yes, I switched to jazz because I knew music. I loved the shit out of, but it was just like opera. Mm. You know, I didn't necessarily think that was my for me. And so, um, so I chose to go to the new school and Uh I became a jazz, uh, vocal performance major. And I kind of stepped into that world and, um, it was like the best choice for me. It was like the best thing possible. Um, the timing was really beautiful too, because I, I did have this, really great technique that I had in my system already and like in my muscle memory as a singer. And so, you know, that served me really well singing um, jazz and like learning about this different kind of music. And so, 
I felt like it was, um, I, I didn't feel like I lost any time, you know, I felt like it all like yeah. was kind of meant to be. Yeah, it's cumulative in that way. Yes. It can't hurt to study classical music at Manhattan School of Music for two years. You're not going to leave a worse musician. For sure. Exactly. Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, it was. You did the you did the college equivalent of going from St. Joe's Church Choir to uh, electronic music. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking that same thing. Um, <laughs> when we were talking about that, I was like, you know, this is reminding me of like what will happen later on in my life. <laughs> like, yeah. Isn't that so funny how those things like predict that? Cause I had the same thing in um, mine is it's so funny. Mine's the same thing in eighth grade. Wow. When I went from, I have this experience where I went from band to, and I could have taken band and chorus. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to chorus. And then I'm going to take this ex- this uh, elective with Mr. Shankle. And it was this elective he was teaching where he was just like, I'm going to teach you like the coolest stuff I know, like the coolest books, the coolest poems, the coolest, like whatever I know. And I remember being at the time being like, oh yeah, like I really want to learn about a lot of other stuff and also music. So mm-hmm. I like, had my chorus itch, but I was like, I'm going to take this core of discovery class. And in college, like I just like took that as a four years. <laughs> Where I was like, right. I'm going to do chorus and be a music major, but I'm also going to do all this like other, other crazy stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, it's funny how history can like repeat itself um, yeah. in different ways in our lives. The child in us knows what we want. Yep. Yes. Definitely. Um, yeah, sometimes you have to listen. Okay. So you get there and now this is really like, um, like whiplash in the sense of like, now it's actually jazz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you're just hanging out with, yeah. Like how does... Is it, I imagine in my head, it's like a different color. So on the, on the money on that, actually, yes. <laughs> like absolutely, totally different color. I don't know like what color. In I my head, it's see. like beige to blue, but you tell me your experience. <laughs> it was beige and blue for sure. I feel like my, I feel like red and like purple. No. Whoa. Okay. No. Yeah, you lived it. Red and like red at Manhattan School Music. Yes, very and then red. Switched. Uh-huh. And that's just actually the color that's really coming to. Me. Okay, so red is that. Yeah. And then, yeah, like blue and purple became my colors Ooh, doing jazz. Okay. Our colors, yeah. <laughs> so getting okay. a little softer, more you know, more of a melancholy hue, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I felt less um, less anxious. Uh, mm, singing songs and just singing in general. I had a lot of, you know, anxiety that I developed like at singing classical, uh, singing yeah. opera, because I always felt like I was being judged, always felt yeah. like there were all these things I had to calculate and like remember to access simultaneously at the same time in order to be like perfect and yeah the language it's a language component there's like a voice technique component i had a voice teacher who'd always tell me like you can't listen to yourself dude i was just talking about that with someone actually (laughs) my teacher would i i would be in lessons with her and it was like every 30 seconds she would stop me it was one of those like like times where 
I, it was like, I was going to these lessons and I was like getting it, but it was, it was really rough, like getting into like this vocal singing shape because, Mm. um, she would always stop me and be like, you're listening to yourself right now. Do you know that you're listening to yourself? And I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, (laughs) I can't hear anything else. Um, I just remember being like crazy over that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, an, it's anxiety inducing. And I was doing it at a liberal arts college and mm. like we had a pretty serious program in some ways. There's like six or seven like voice teachers on staff. Like it was like kind mm. of intense, but you must have been experiencing that even double um, or more. I think at a core level, like it probably, it couldn't have been that fun. Um, it, it was fun when like you got... <laughs> I feel like it was fun when you knew you did a good job, like when you got like compliments, you know, Mm. like by your Mm -hmm. teacher or whoever. But yeah, most of the time, like I just wasn't good. Like it was, I I mean, it was just, it took a lot for me to like really develop like some semblance of like good technique. Like I definitely Mm. was a fish out of like fresh water because it was kind of, it was a pretty big pond going to NSM and being surrounded yeah. by all these like incredible singers. I was just like, yeah. I'm not the as standards good are different. as I thought I was like, yeah. not yeah. to get, you know, but it was very, it was, it was wild. And so, yeah, I had a tough time, like reconciling of that. I was just kind of like, didn't, you know, always doubting myself. I just like really was, I didn't gain that much confidence until my sophomore year because I did feel like I'm kind of I know we were in jazz land and I took us back. But mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah, I just so I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of like self-confidence issues, which kind of um, bled into like performance anxiety. Huge mm. for me, just like just yeah. always like lips shaking, body parts shaking, just like couldn't breathe correctly like it was yeah it was tough so that was kind of a hard thing to shake going into jazz world just kind of like being a little bit looser being like um you know like being allowed to be a little like behind the beat like that's okay like imperfection is not only okay it's like it's like celebrated, you know. Yeah. In... Don't fear mistakes. Exactly. There are none. Yeah. Is that Miles Davis? I think. I think so. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, okay, so you switch, and now the music's different. The people are different. The approach is different. Totally. What? When did you know you made a good decision? Ooh. Um, I think there were a lot of moments, um, but. I don't know if I can like right at this moment pick out like a specific uh, a specific moment, but mm-hmm. I do remember um, just like the learning. I think it was just like learning about all of these um, jazz giants, like these musicians, like learning about their lives, yeah, um, and just how. Uh, how great like that time period, how greatly it affected just like so many different, um, 
different artists, like not even coming from jazz, just like coming from other genres too. Just like how like those musicians, like that time period of music just like affected the world. It was just like monumental. Yeah. The world you're living in currently. It's not yes. like, oh yeah, this, this opera <laughs> we're talking about, it's like a recent opera. It's like from like 250 years ago. Right. And that's also like so inspirational to so many people, but yeah. So I just felt so like just connecting to these songs and like these standards mm. and the storytelling aspect of it, just like, yeah. just on such a deep, like human personal level. I just, I felt myself to like really gain a sense of like, who I was as a singer like and I never really had that because I always felt like in opera school I was trying to like mimic someone else like I was trying to really copy someone Mm. and I did I didn't really find like my personality in my voice until I got to like the new school you know um and yeah so I, I feel like just being being in classes with like my other singer friends and listening to them sing and just, just watching people's like personalities just like burst out of them through like the way they sounded, like their tone, the way they phrased things like just, yeah. So it was just like a like myriad of like those kinds of moments through, um, through my singing, through my vocal classes and, yeah. And learning about um, improvisation, too, and learning about, like, jazz harmony was, like, you know, it was the tough. final boss I was like, of harmony, yeah. Oof, this is, this is a hard, hard thing to, to learn about. But, yeah, um, it's, it feels like to me, like, when I was taking voice lessons, it was like, there's so many things you have to know and do before you can, like, be yourself. And in jazz, it feels like, if you're a jazz singer, like, we need you to be you right now. Yeah. Like we don't have time to waste. That is so profound that you, like, I love that the way you just said that. Like, like, yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt that. And I felt like I, I was struggling to, because of like where I was coming from, I definitely struggled to like trust my intuition with like my singing. Cause I, yeah. you know, was kind of switching gears um yeah. I do remember a moment actually that I had um it was in it was uh in this class um one of my it was like my second year at new school and it was this performance class called story song and stage and it was basically a class where everyone every singer like has to get up and perform every class no matter what like it's just like you got to sing your song in front of everyone and I knew that this was going to be like the best class for me because it was the class I was the most afraid of because mm-hmm. I had this like performance anxiety like you know built inside of me left Press, over from two years of yes exactly school, sure. and so I remember like it was it was a weekly class and I remember I would sing you know a song a standard every week and um my teacher like really loved me and really believed in me but she was so frustrated with me too, because she, she would always say like, Kim, you're focusing too much on like what you sound like. Like you're focusing too much on your technique. Like, like, um, like feel the lyric of the song, like feel the story, like really try to like connect with this on a deeper level. 
And it was so yeah. hard for me to like break that wall. Cause mm-hmm. I was so like, just technically for like forward thinking of a person and yeah. of a singer. And, um, and it wasn't until this like one class I had, um, it was towards the end of the semester. I sang this song that I ended my senior recital with actually it's called I can dream. Can't I, it's mm. like a really old standard that the Andrews sisters sang like in the thirties and it's a beautiful ballad. And it's like, the words are so heartbreaking and it's just like incredible. And, um, and <laughs> there, so I'm singing the song in my class and I just like get to a point where I'm getting really emotional. I just start to bawl. And I'm like singing while I'm crying. And I felt like, I just felt like that was a moment where I finally like, like trusted myself. And it was just years of me hating myself. And in that moment, I was like, so in love with myself. <laughs> like that sounds yeah. so weird to say. No, no, that's amazing. Not in love with myself in a narcissistic way, but no, just no, like. No, no, of course not, Kim. No one would think that. Just like wow like I love like I'm I'm so like like connected to what I'm singing and I feel I it's just like hard to put into words it was just like a moment for me that like I definitely will never forget like yeah just being so completely captured in in a song that you yeah so and that was in the class that, that was wasn't... in class yeah and my wow. teacher was like crying like my friends were crying it was like a very you know my goodness kim thank you for sharing that. like, <laughs> yeah that's that's so beautiful yeah so like yeah that's when you made the right decision dog <laughs> that's when it all i was like okay i guess this is this is my life yeah. i can't turn back now yeah wow that's incredible kim that's yeah. really beautiful oh, thank you uh, i can't wait um, i'll find that that song that's incredible yeah i'll send you my i actually it was recorded at my senior recital and i yeah, cried at the end of me. that too so i'll send it to you <laughs> do you know i'm gonna your your dad and your brother are the big sports guys so maybe you'll have heard of this do you know the do you have you ever heard of jim valvano no. He gave this speech at the ESPYs, which is like the Oscars for sports. And he was dying of cancer and he was talking about like the things you need in your life. And he says, every day you need to laugh, you need to think, and you need to cry. Mm. He's like, if you do those three things every day, like you're going to live a heck of a life. When, when you, later, when you tell your dad, brother, do you guys know the Jim Valvano speech? They're all going to cry. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, it's like the only time men can cry. Wow. Um, um, I'm going to bring that up but, at our family dinner for sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be a big hit. I promise. Um, yeah. That, that's so beautiful to, to share that Kim. I think, um, I think that's really profound and beautiful. Thank and, you. Um, I'm really honored that you would share that with me. Oh um, yeah. Well, thank you for making it a safe space. Oh, my to pleasure. To share such a story. I, I've yeah. felt. Was that moment know, junior year? Did that take a year of It was my final year at school, actually. So I guess I was, what did I call myself? I mean, it was so weird. Like, I feel like my track was so, like, different. I guess mm-hmm. I was a senior. Yeah, I was. it was like my yeah. second year at new school. But with the way everything lined up, I was graduating that year. So it was like my senior year. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, was, what, a, what a moment. I mean, you can't. It was a big release moment. I felt like a lot of weight come off of me. Yeah. During that, it was just like, like, yeah. Can you like, 
you're in the right place, right? Like that's a, um, you're where you're supposed to be. That, that I mean, yeah. those moments are really powerful. And it's a thing that I talk to my friends about sometimes. We actually always have the conversation, um, uh, moments in your life where you said, I got to get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a real, that's a real, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You learn a lot about yourself, but I think we don't talk nearly enough about like, this is why I'm here. Like yeah. these moments are so, um, so beautiful and moving. That's, um, that's incredible. Okay. And so, so you switched to jazz and now normally I meant to start with this, but we just got it's distracted right. by my own fault. What are you doing now? Um, well, right now, what kind kind of music of you a making? few different things are going on. I guess I'm, I'm doing a lot of gigs in the city. Um, I play, yeah, what do those look like? What are, what are gigs for some, Tim Fox look like? They're fun. They're, they're like restaurant gigs. So like they're, they're yeah. very like relaxed, you know, chill, uh, gigs but um they're like cover gigs so essentially i'm just kind of you know singing fun jazz songs and and r&b soul tunes like old you know really anything i want which is so great these places that i'm singing at are really wonderful and yeah and yeah so i'm just kind of singing any anything that's i think sounds good and yeah um, yeah. I'm playing with my my friend Yetta. Um, she's mm-hmm. a really an amazing guitarist. Um, she's from the country Kosovo, which is like right near Albania. Yeah. And um, and yeah, she's lived in the city for the past like seven years. And um, I know her because her husband uh, I met at New School. He's an incredible like guitarist as well as she is. And and um, and yeah, so I met her through. Um, through her husband and uh that's great so we do a lot of gigs together we do the whole restaurant circuit and uh oh is there a circuit i'd love the well my circuit there's not like really one truce everyone has their no own, no no like... this is great this is this is why i asked the question <laughs> um, uh so these i'm imagining like like cool like brunch places or like are we talking brooklyn manhattan exactly yeah a little bit of both i do a really fun uh restaurant indoor restaurant gig um yeah i'm I'm indoor too yeah 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 fully vexed um uh at this place called hole in the wall it's a it's a australian owned restaurant they have a lot of different locations we play at their um their location in manhattan um in the Flatiron District on Thursday nights. And then they asked us to um, play at their Williamsburg spot on Friday nights. So we kind of do like a tour of their restaurants. <laughs> Whoa, that's um, every week. Yeah, every week, every Thursday night, every Friday night, we do the dinners. It's really fun. It's a great- I'm gonna get dates from you and stuff so I can plug- Definitely, yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll send that your way. Um, but yeah, it's really nice. It's like, we just kind of, our background music essentially but people there are definitely like a lot of times where patrons are like hey like what's your instagram you guys are great like i want to hire you for my you know yeah. future wedding or like my mom's 70th birthday like so it's it's cool like i do i meet a lot of really interesting people through these gigs and um it's also just a great way to like practice my instrument it's like i i'm singing hours every week so i'm just like shedding essentially like yeah my instrument (laughs) you know yeah so it's a good thing i think and um but yeah i'm also 
in addition to that, just like trying to write my own stuff um, here in my my childhood abode. Yeah. Um, and I have uh, like a little nook set up for my recording. And uh, I, I play, I've been playing a lot of guitar recently. And so I write on my guitar and I am, um, I record on this, um, this old um, tape machine that I have um, is how I record myself. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's kind of like an, like a old tiny way of, of recording and it's very like analog sort of vibe, but yeah. I record straight to like a cassette and um, wow. yeah, Evan Hines turned me on to this um, cool. this way of recording because he lent me his until he needed it back, and then I bought my own. And, um, that's great. Yeah, so that's kind of like what I've been doing with my own creative. Yeah. Visions. Do you see yourself? Do you want like to make an album one day or like an EP? Definitely. Like... Yeah, I, I really want to. Um, I've actually been working with Evan Hines and Andrew Lacoche. Um, friends. Yeah, yeah, because they have a really awesome band, um, the Still Brothers, that they mm-hmm. just kind of came out with uh, like a year ago, and they have really amazing singles that they've released uh, since they started their band, and um, they're gonna we're they're releasing a single um, that has me featured on it in a few weeks. That's yeah, great. so um, so yeah, that should be exciting. And, um, but yeah, I think I would like to kind of like release an EP of my own songs. I yeah. think that's definitely a goal of mine. I, uh, cool. I have a lot of songs that I wrote over quarantine. So just got to oh, kind of put the nose to the grindstone on them and figure of out course. a way to, um, to do it, to just kind of like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there what I know the equivalent in, in, in comedy, it's like you do open mics and you can like book your own shows. Like mm-hmm. what is your equivalent of like, Ooh, I have these new, is it Rockwood? Cause I've seen you, you and Melissa sing at Rockwood. Yeah. Me and Mel are, um, and we still have our band too. So this is, yeah. you know, we're both like doing different things. Um, yeah. but which yeah. is the Foxy, the Foxy Johnstons. Johnstons is my project with Mel and, um, and yeah, we would do a lot of our gigs at Rock, this place, Rockwood Music Hall. It's in the east, lower east side of Manhattan. Um, so yeah, I could definitely picture myself, you know, when gigs like start to come back more, like picture myself doing some some gigs there with, with my music. That would be cool. Cool. For sure. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not alone, I think, in the because I'm listening to this in real time but like i imagine the people listening are like where can i hear kim fox and sing Uh, (laughs) um and so okay that's that's really cool and exciting um yeah thank you and do you i don't mean to make this like a like purely like uh career based because like for me like i told a story last week about like this drummer who I knew was, who was like, I was like, do you want to win a Grammy? And he was like, I just want to practice this drum book with Jenny. Um, Mm. And so like, for me, like, I'm like, yeah, like I just want to write this joke I'm working on. Um, The one I'm working on today is about my dad's job growing up working for jockeys. I'm like, I just, do I want to like a special on Netflix? Like right now I want to just figure out this jockey joke. Um, So like for you, Kim, like what, Is it like songwriting right now? Is it 
and then if so, if it is songwriting, like what, um, what are you hoping it might turn into? I guess is my question. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it is songwriting. I think it's like, I, I, I think like during college, like my time at new school, I. I started to like, I started the process of like writing my own music. Mm. I definitely like did it in childhood. Like I would like write my own songs, but I never like took myself seriously as a songwriter. I was mm. very much like, I'm just a singer. And I, I just never trusted my ear as a songwriter. And I never, I just, I never had confidence in that. And, um, and I guess like, pretty recently like a year ago I really like started the songs just kind of started to like like just fall out of my existence like for lack of a better way to say that (laughs) it's just no believe me just uh yeah just like these songs um and these words those like lyrics um just really came out of me really easily and um I, I just, I really started to get serious with songwriting over the past year and, and get, gain confidence in that. And, um, so I guess I, I would like it to turn into a permanent thing. Like I, I, I hope to always write songs and I hope to always grow in that. I don't think, I don't think with any songwriter, I don't think there's like, um, a point of, completion you can reach with with songwriting i yeah, think yeah. it's always something i want to grow in and learn about and and um yeah just music in general just like just making just making music like making shit that's yours that you can say like this is this is mine like i love singing other people's songs and i've been doing that my entire life but singing my own stuff is like a, just a different kind of feeling. And I feel like I mm. never want to let that go. So I am gonna, yeah, just try to keep, keep on growing and learning from my friends. Mel is someone who I learn from in songwriting. She writes so many songs and is so, is so incredible at like, at writing words and making cohesive songs. And I bring a lot of my ideas to her. She helps me. And, um, she is, I'm now plugging. I just like, I, my, I just like love my friends and like what they're doing. So Mel has like also written all these incredible songs over the past year. And she's starting a band, um, her own like project with our mutual friend, Kyle, they're called Mel and the Tall Boys, and um, love the logo. I think it's great. Man, it's so good. And I'm talking to her tomorrow. Oh hell yeah! Okay, <laughs> um, perfect. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah. So it's just I. So that's like, you know, what I want to do. Just coming back for a second is to that is um, yeah. I think I just I want to write tunes, record them with people I love. Um, collaborate with people I love yeah. and people who I like don't know yet I mean I, I want to collaborate with my friends but I also I'm really open to like meeting new musicians and collaborating with them and um and yeah and then you know 
tour the the fucking world. That's yeah. <laughs> that's my. I guess Love that's the my shit out of it and tour the fucking world. Yeah. Just just sing and like see places. That's my that's my goal. Yeah, I, I would say. That's beautiful, Kim. Yeah. It feels to me, and I think this is why my, with everybody I talk to, like there's like a hunch I have that like, oh, like we'll have something to talk about. Um, I'm not just doing it for the sake of crossing somebody off a list, but because there's a sense of urgency. Appreciate and with you, Kim, you. it sounds like you're just like becoming yourself. I think, I think that's exactly it. Yeah. Finally, um, it took long enough, but like. Yeah, it takes a long time. And I think that's okay too. Like I, I think, um, I had to like accept that kind of a while ago that like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to turn 22 and like have this job forever. Like, yeah, I need to meander. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, I have a friend who owns a house, my friend from high school, my, oh, buddy, yeah. my buddy Rudkin owns a house. I've seen, and... I've seen a few people from our graduating class that own children and houses now. So <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's wild, you know, and I'm so happy um, for them. It's just, it is amazing to like see people on different journeys, you know, like doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I had this long conversation with Rudkin about exactly this, where it's like the grass is always, you know kind of greener sometimes and that's what's nice about being friends that mm-hmm. you can have friends that have kids or own a house or climb up the ladder of their company and have new freedoms and stuff like that but also yeah. like no like what's that amy polar thing where it's like like good for them not for me kind of stuff right yes um, yeah. um but it's so exciting to hear you talk about it um so beautifully kim Thank because you. i get the sense that your ambition is like internal and it's like for you and then you get to share that with everyone. Thank you um, for saying that. Yeah, I I think ultimately I I feel so like possessive of it. But um, mm-hmm. you know, there's also this whole thing to talk about how, you know, our create people like shelter and like really like I'm definitely one of those people, like my creativity and like my identity in my my artistry, my music, I'm like, it's mine. Like I just like want to hold it and like foster it and like give it shelter and like always make sure it's safe. But you can't do that. Like you have to, you have to let that shit go because you don't own it. Like it's, you do, but I don't know. There's all these, I got into like a deep well of like, like reading about stuff like shit like this, like, shit like this like what am I even saying but you know what I mean just like these like these ideas about creativity and how it's like um you know you don't have to assign so much meaning to it I think that's what catches me sometimes is like Mm. I assign so much weight and meaning to my music and like my art which is important but also it prevents me from like sharing it or it prevents me from like being light about it, like, and letting Mm. it like see the world. Like I feel, I feel so scared to let it go sometimes. And, um, but you know, so that's where I am now. I'm, I'm in the process of just like being, trying to be free with my, my art and like who I am, who I see myself through that. And, Mm. and, um, I think that made sense. 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's a pattern. We went, we went high high school, college, and now we're talking twenties. Like it's like the same transition, yes. right? It's the same like church to electronic music. Like you're just going to continue to f- fold the knead the dough in that direction. One hundred percent, absolutely. Just letting yeah. go, letting uh-huh. go, letting go, and like becoming yourself. And it sounds like you are. Like I, <laughs> some of the best advice I ever got was, "I'm not worried about you." Somebody Ooh. told me that once. Who um, said that to you? Uh, somebody who broke my heart. <laughs> okay. No, it's fine. We are not. Gonna... I made a. I, made, I wrote a whole show about it. Don't, uh, um, yeah, don't tell me their names because. No, no, it's okay. I use their real names in the show, but I'll okay. probably have to change when I record it for a special one day. I'll change the names. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, she told me. I was. I mean, I was going to Scotland, and I was nervous about this and that, and what am I going to do? And she was just like, "I'm not." You're worried about you? I'm not worried about you. Ooh, that's so, that's Yeah, it was like the best thing she ever told me. Damn. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Um, wow. But yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about you, Kim. Um, that like, oh man, your 30s are going to be fucking wild. You are oh, going to find oh, some man. stuff. I'm pumped for 30s. People are like shying away. I'm just like, nah, dog. I talk about this with Mel all the time. We're like both like, bring it on. Like this, Yeah. I just feel like the 30s are going to be just like, oh, like, newfound territory of like I mean god it's just like we know so much already but there's so much that we don't know and Mm -hmm. like the more time that you exist the more you're gonna like learn about yourself and like just about other stuff and it's like it's so exciting i'm just so excited to like witness it all you know no matter yeah, what especially happens, with the world opening up again yeah. too it's like we had this late 20s we all had we all reverted back and now i'm like i'm ready to do this again like as a 30 year old man as of next february you know yeah i mean we're all gonna like turn 30 um i don't know about this i feel like we're all 92 babies yeah i'm a 92 so yeah. um so you know like next year, I feel, I mean, I'm hoping it'll be even more close to being back to normal. And I, that's when we're all going to turn 30. It's just going to be like, holy shit, like yeah, a wild yeah. resurgence of like, of, of our, yeah, of being human. Yeah. Well said. Well we're said. Well, we always end with um, fill in the blanks and goodness this is going to be a long ass episode but i don't give two shits listen to it oh my gosh this has been like an hour and a half is this normally how long it is or no oh no (laughs) (laughs) but i just didn't feel like stopping i was like we didn't even talk about the new school yet i was like fuck time i'm so sorry i feel like no no don't be sorry my buddy nick my buddy nick told me he listens to this podcast on one and a half speed like a psycho so like we sound really quick to him he's at the 20 minute mark um right now and I know it drove me insane that Holy people shit. listen at one and a half speed. Cause then he texted me. I was making fun of him for this after the Emily Mangus episode. He goes, that was great. I, w- I wish you guys talked for another hour. And I was like, you would have had it at regular speed. If you had- <laughs> it was an hour longer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. But yeah, no, no, I'm having, uh, uh, I'm having fun. Okay. Likewise. Um, what's something about singing that you wish you knew at 18? I guess we kind of went over this a little bit, but. Hmm. 
Take your time. Um, is it like felt like one? I can only say one word. No, no, no. Answer oh, however you like. Okay, I'm like, yeah, 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 what yeah. is the best word? <laughs> posture. Um, <laughs> posture. <laughs> Something I wish I knew about singing um, at 18. Um, I don't know what this means, but I'm just going to say it. It's already there. Mm. You already have it inside of you. It's there. And it's yeah. like for you. It's always that I don't know why it, I just like feel like I was always chasing after something when I was singing, especially at that age, just being yeah. I felt like I was so like, like, I'm not good now, but like I will be. I just feel like I was always chasing mm. being like good. But I if I just like lived in the moment of like with my voice and like myself yeah. I already had it. It was there. So I, I wish yeah. I, I wish I knew that about singing. Um, yeah. At eight. And I, I, just as a someone who enjoy, who's enjoyed you singing for my entire life, I think all of us at eighteen were like, she has it. Like I don't think any <laughs> oh, of us that's... would have been like, she doesn't have it. Oh. Um, oh, that's the God's honest truth. Thank you. Um, uh, food and or drink on show days, and does it change with the type of music that you're performing? I guess these are less fill in the blanks and more questions. <laughs> the next couple are fill in the blanks. Um, I don't even think about really a lot of the time. I mean, on show. Mm, well, now I think like definitely I, I like, I guess it depends on the show, like, yeah. like a show, like a big show like that Mel and I would have, you know, we, uh, we would like that people would buy tickets to and come and it would be more of like performance vibe. We would definitely drink whiskey. Whiskey was big on show days. Whoa, okay. Um, uh, yeah. And I think I still do that. I'm pretty sure I still drink on all my gig days. Yeah. Cause I get free That's drinks. Great. So you're more um, hardcore than I, I gave up drinking. I just drink seltzer. <laughs> oh, you do. That's dude. Yeah. That's great. I, I tried to do, um, dry February because mm -hmm. I missed dry January because I drank the whole month yeah. and so I was like I'm gonna do February it's uh, like happy new year it's like ah never yeah, mind yeah yeah like fuck that no um but I made it to day 20 and uh that's great I crumbled uh, yeah three weeks is three weeks dog yeah but but definitely um, have had moments of like you know I don't have to get this drunk on a show day. Like I can reel it in a little bit. <laughs> but, well, I mean, that's great. I mean, if it's something that you are striving, like being more present or exactly. listening to yourself, like nothing wrong with Sondheim writes his musicals with a little whiskey. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends uh, on the day. I like that. Uh, venue you dream of playing is blank. Oh, um, uh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the, oh, the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. Because, and not like doing opera there, but like, um, just performing like with, yeah, like with what, like my music, just kind of. Yeah. 
in I whatever that. format that is. But they do comedy there too, Kim. I'll meet you there. Oh, they do. Nice, cool, cool. <laughs> Um, okay, so this this next question has a caveat, which is that it can't be an instrument that you could play while singing. So this next question is, if you could play any instrument, what would it be? But it's not like, a, oh, I want to play ukulele so I could like sing and play the ukulele. It's like, a, so ideally something like. Got you. Like yeah, that. I know yeah. what you mean. Um, uh, The cello. Mm. I've always wanted to play the cello. I love it. And I know technically you can sing while you play the cello. Yeah, there's a Sondheim piece. Have you seen A Little Night Music? No, I haven't. There's this great, so there's this piece, that I just, I'm co-opting this. There's this piece in A Little Night Music um, where they, there's a song called Now, Later, and Soon. Okay. Uh, and they all sort of exist. And the, um, And I believe it's later is played by a tenor playing the cello like furiously playing the cello and i'll send it to you it's amazing it's like the only time in my life where i can picture uh henrik everyone and he's like complaining because like everyone in his life always tells him later later you can do it later and he's just like so furious he's like playing the cello oh my gosh Um, cello's a great answer love love me some yo-yo ma yes um and um, God, I can't read my own handwriting. Do I think this <laughs> says, um, do you have a favorite musical? Musical? Yeah. Oh, musical. Um, uh, oh, I, t- I don't Cause I went on a date with a folk singer and she, she told me she hates musicals and it made wow. me laugh Were forever. You like, I was like, I'm, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I hate musicals. <laughs> oh no. Oh gosh. Um, I feel like it has to be one that I've seen. I can't pick one that I've never seen before. <laughs> um, um, right. Unless you love the music. Cause like I have musicals I've never seen that I'm just like, um, I'm trying to think, uh, Uh, well, two are coming to mind. I've never seen them, but like I've learned the music for, and they're beautiful. Um, yeah. Um, that five years, the last five years. The last five years, yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, I had to sing. Uh, I had to sing that the song from it. Um, Jamie is over and Jamie is gone. Oh my god! Just yeah. like heartbreakingly incredible music. And, but I've yeah. never seen it, like the musical. Heidi did it a few years ago. I saw her do it. Oh, cool. Yay, Heidi. Amazing. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess I'll say that one. The last five years is great. Um, oh, that's one, Kim, we'll just find somebody to play the piano and we'll sing through it one day. Perfect. That's, that's a yeah, fun one. Yeah, that's me and you. Uh, it's, just two, it's just two people. Locked yeah. and loaded. Um, I, will be, I will defer to you on all <laughs> <laughs> musicals uh, singing ability, but it, that would be a kick for me. Um, that's a great answer, Kim. Um, Thanks. Well, Kim, this was lovely, and I feel like when you have something to like promote or something that you should, or not, that you should just like come back on in a year and we'll talk about what you're up to. Thank you. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I've been like listening to the episodes and I just think even though this happened accidentally, what you're doing is awesome and um, definitely bringing a lot of people, a lot of people joy. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That's the, that's the goal. 
And um, I think you're going to bring a lot of people joy too. Thank um, you. I wouldn't release a long episode unless I thought it was worthy of being a long ass episode. Wow. Um, I'm honored. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Kim. Um, yeah, I'll message you. We'll get, we'll get a, a, a cup of coffee soon. Yeah, or something. I'm around. So let's do cool. it. Well, thanks for doing it, Kim. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, folks, was I right or was I right? How incredible is Kim Foxen? I love that conversation so much. I was beaming the whole ride home because I wanted you guys to hear it. And now you have. So thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, really, my only plug this week is uh, every week at QED, 7 p.m., outdoors when it's possible, indoors when it's not possible, stand up. I'm producing a show. Uh, it'll be comedians that I help book, and I'll do time almost every week. And it's a great time. So check out link in my bio to come see me do stand up. Well, folks, it wouldn't be a Kim Fox and podcast if you guys didn't get to experience what I get to experience when I listen to Kim sing. So without further ado, here is Kim Fox and singing to play us out. Thanks for a great interview, Kim. Enjoy everybody else. My heart is a sad affair. There's much disillusion there, but I can dream, can die, can die, adore you, although we are oceans apart, I can in your heart but I can